What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to Legit Bat. I'm Joe. Jen's here. Hello. Ben's here. Kick ass. <laughs> he was actually just here like five minutes ago. Actually, it seemed like five minutes. It's probably longer, but uh, I did want to introduce before we start the show. We have a new member of this weird community called Truth Theater Radio. It's spelled Truth Eater, but it's True Theater Radio. It's on all the all the things. It's a mix of audio drama and uh, just, you know, like a show like we do. But it's going to be interesting because they invited us on to do a audio drama. So they sent us a script and everything. And sorry. <laughs> and uh, so we recorded that today. And I can't wait to he hear how that sounds. So we'll uh, we'll include links to that whenever it comes out. But uh, go check them out. It's going to be a fucking great addition to this community is something I think uh, everybody needs. It's kind of lighthearted and funny. And if you're into audio drama, like if you're alive in the nineties, which I'm assuming you are, if you're listening to this, it was, it was a great time for audio drama because there really wasn't much else. It was. They're also looking TV. for people who want to write their own scripts and act in it on a regular basis. I mean, so if yeah. anyone has any creative talents, they want to display, please you hit them up. It's true theater. So it's true theater. So T R U and then theater or truth eater radio at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, send them a, an email. I already have a bunch of people. I sick the dogs on them and uh, hopefully they get yeah. a bunch of a work from that. But it's going to be awesome. And they do great work. I, I was astounded by their script they wrote for us because it was very us, very legit bat. And they had inside jokes that you would only know if you listened to the show. So it was really cool to see. And we had a, a blast doing it so check them out for sure also got to catch up on reviews again uh rob dc80 thanks dude says perfect balance i never leave reviews but i love this show it's a perfect balance of entertainment and information on topics that i'm interested in also discovered podcasts that i like because of guests on the show and then stabby stabone aka kilroy stabby stabone oh, obdm listener yeah yeah <laughs> it says boner which is I mean, how else do you title a review for our show? Boner. It says, best show on the flat earth. Time to up your game, Joe, and add more queefs or add some queefs to your flatulence repertoire. P release the crack. I'll get on that. Hang on. <laughs> Just for you, dude. That's not a queef. That's that's an anal part, but it's close enough. I'm going to I'm going to try to make a queef that sounds just like that. <laughs> if Would you, you be more attracted to me or less? 
no, 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 no. I certainly do not believe that should that play, and it's a I don't even know how to recorded Gen Queef. I may not come back. Do that? I would be so proud if I could queef. This is how Gen Queef would sound. It would sound like this. Yes, I would be so fucking proud of that. I would own the shit out of that. Just saying. Sorry. Where, where's the other one? The came out of my penis one. Where'd that go? <laughs> I don't oh, yeah, know. Let's just go on sound effects while Corey's waiting in the queue. Hey, fuck off. Uh, I have new sound effects, though. I had. Uh, let's bring Corey dementia. in at least. I will. Hang on. I had Dementia Joe with this one. No, 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 no. But I had to mix it with the no, no cat. No, 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 Okay, that's enough of that. And whose idea was that? Yours. <laughs> it was. All right. Anyway. Hey, Corey. We'll, we'll get I'm sorry. Started. I think I must be in the wrong place. <laughs> no, right. no. Nope. It's 9-11. And we're here to see no. you are definitely all of your research. Place. No, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. <laughs> sorry. We've been drinking all day, so shut up. Uh, so I would be remiss if I didn't mention today is 9-11. And something happened like 21 years ago that people talk about all the time. Uh, the queen died. There's your wrap-up of current events. Corey, what have you been working on? I know you have some shit to talk about because you just put out... Is it out yet? Is the book out yet? I don't know. Okay. No, you motherfucker. You're supposed to keep oh, track sorry. of this shit. Fine. I don't know. <laughs> CoreyHughes.org. I kept track of that. <laughs> so my book's coming out soon. It'll be out this year. And it's about Kennedy. And it'll tell you everything. Unlike... The vast ocean of fucking wannabe Kennedy researchers who've been circle jerking the community for the last 50 fucking years. This will actually have some real answers and not just a hmm, I wonder if the CIA did it or not. Uh, yeah, I'm right. sorry. I have a major disdain for the Kennedy research community at large because they're a bunch of fucking retards and they couldn't investigate their way out of a paper fucking bag. So, um, <laughs> It's very frustrating for me to try to, you know, so I just went to the documents. I didn't even fucking, I read a couple of books by some actually, some real investigators like Michael Collins Piper, Michelle Mehta, Hank Alberelli. I could count on one hand how many legit Kennedy researchers there have been in the past couple of decades. And even they didn't get the answer right. So uh, my book's going to have everything. It'll have all the shooters, the null shooter, who paid for it, the handlers, who gave the order, everything. How it was facilitated. And can we find oh, yeah. or do we have the availability of pre-ordering author copies? Give us the rundown. All right. So this is what I'm going to do because obviously my final copy, the final version that's going to hit Amazon is going to have to be fucking Amazon friendly. So I'm going right. to have to leave a couple things out. So what I'm doing is as soon as it's done, I'm going to put it out in ebook format and I'm going to do a limited edition of these. And it's going to come with 1,500 pages of my notes and access to my uh, my JFK research chat. So shout out to everybody who's awesome. currently in my JFK research chat. I only got about a dozen people in there and only about a half a dozen people actually um, interact with me. But we're in there every day. We have a great time. Anybody can get access to my chat uh, for making a donation through uh, buymeacoffee.com slash forbidden. Uh, $5 or more gets you access to the chat and you can come in and I'll drop all kinds of nuggets in there. You'll get to read some of my chapters early, all that good stuff. Right so. on. Oh, author awesome. copies. 
Are we going to have the availability for that? Yeah, there'll be there'll be copies around for sure. Okay, but the, the, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say because I would like to jump on uh, the author copy immediately, if possible. At least even put my name in a fucking queue or something like that because I, I would love. I, not to mention, it's, it's kind of a thing that I have uh, where not only do I want the author copy because it was written by you and I know you, but I also would like to promote and help out mm -hmm. the efforts that you did. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I really would like to do that. Yeah. You got nothing to worry about. You, you guys okay. take care of, but uh, yeah. it'll, I'll, I mean, I'm eventually going to, after that, it'll be like a standard soft cover that you can mm -hmm. get on Amazon, but I'm also going to do like a limited edition hardcover. You know, Beautiful. I think it's kind of, um, I think it's kind of arrogant to fucking sell a signed copy of a book personally, but it seems to be the thing to do. So I'll, I'm going to put out a hardcover edition. Uh, that'll probably be limited to only like hundred because they're expensive as shit to get printed. Yeah. You're not making uh, anything off that. Yeah. Not at all. So, but yeah, you can expect the book to be out. Um, the, at least the ebook with the, the limited edition will be out by the anniversary, November 22nd. So. Okay. Awesome. Nice. Oh, oh nice. November 22nd. I like I that. I was trying to look up 9-11 uh, stories today just for this show, and I found that everything that I looked up was very similar to JFK, JFK research. If you try to type it in into just mainstream media, they're immediately dismissing it. It's just all mm -hmm. dismissive bullshit. It's so hard to find actual legit information. So where did you get your information from? So That's I'm just going to be so straight what, up like the, the world expert on 9-11 is Ryan Dawson. He's a close friend of mine. I talk to him a couple times a week. He wrote he, he wrote and directed a film in 2014 called The Empire Unmasked. It's a five hour film. It covers the entire backstory, covers all the details. Um, let's go over 9-11 real quick in a nutshell. So 9-11 obviously pulled off mostly by the Israelis. But it was done using the cabal that had been in place, really, that started at the end of World War II. But fast forward to 1979. We'll make this the short version. 1979, George Bush Sr. creates what's called, called the Safari Club, which is like a CIA within the CIA. Because in 1974, the CIA got completely fucked over Watergate. They right. had funding pulled. They, they were hamstrung. They couldn't do anything. So Bush, of course, doesn't like to follow rules. And so he forms uh, the Safari Club, and it's got members from, like, Egypt, Morocco, Israel, a uh, couple other nations. But over time, that fell apart. And ultimately, what you were left with at 9-11 is this, I'll call it the cabal. And it's uh, an alliance between the intelligence networks of Israel, United States, and the Saudis. Okay? So that is basically who was behind it. But you can always, for some reason, post-World War II, when they cut a deal with Reinhard Galen, who was uh, Adolf Hitler's spy master, and he's also the brain, uh, he's the brain, well, I don't know what the word is, brain father, like the, his brainchild was NATO, okay? He created the structure for NATO and the original 17 intelligence agencies, including the CIA, the BND, all that stuff, right? That All the intelligence agencies that we hear about in the world today all came about in the same year, 1947, the same year the CIA was created, same year that NATO was created. So it all goes back to that, but ultimately there is a pecking order and the Israelis are in are at the top, okay? Uh, the Zionism, CIA, right? Zionism, correct. So the CIA basically takes their orders from Tel Aviv. That's just how it is, it's how it's been. You can come to understand more about that if you research Stuxnet, 
the computer virus that they launched to try to cause a meltdown in Iran. Uh, there's actually a pretty good documentary on that. That will kind of show you the pecking order of how these agencies operate together. But 9-11, basically, it's the fucking Israelis because it's always them. I don't give a shit what happens. If something horrible happens and somebody blows up, it's goddamn Israelis. They have been behind everything. It's the Jews. I mean, not Jews, Israelis. Sorry. That's what when I was looking up uh, 9-11 today, they were like, just research the USS Liberty incident. And that mm -hmm. was where the Israelis bombed like a naval ship or whatever and right. said, oh, sorry, we thought it was Egyptian. And then yeah, they, they, they did it on purpose to try a load of money. And then the Americans covered it up, too, though. I mean, um, Johnson was in on it at the time. Johnson was in office and he said, yeah. and I quote, I want that goddamn ship going to the bottom. Um, but see, the problem was the Israelis are so incompetent, they couldn't even sink a fucking ship. And uh, half the people on that ship uh, were still alive. And then they finally got rescued. And they're like, you fucking Israelis did this to us. And so they really couldn't pull off this cabal. But that wasn't the first time uh, they sunk one of our vessels. They sunk two of our nuclear submarines. Uh, no so one they ever expected talks about everybody to die. And when they didn't die, it was kind of like, well... Let's do damage control because now the cat's mm -hmm. out of the bag that it's us. So we got to yep. find a way to make it look like it was an accident. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we know it wasn't an accident. I mean, it was not an accident. It was on purpose. It was to drag us into the war, into a war uh, with Egypt. Right. So this okay. is all in part of the lead up to the six day war. Um, mm, okay. The six day war when Israel invaded uh, Egypt. So Israel is saying that. They're telling the world that the Egyptians are amassing troops on the border to invade Israel. It was a total lie. Never happened. And then the Israelis invaded Egypt. They actually took control of parts of the country, but then they had to give it all back. Um, and just on a side note, exactly one year later to the date, Robert Kennedy was killed on the one year anniversary of the Six Day War. And okay. it was blamed on a Palestinian. OK, who the, I wonder who could have been behind the Robert Kennedy assassination, right? So you can rest assured that everything that goes on like this, all these false flags, are, is, the Israelis are behind. So September 11th, there were bombs in the building. We know there were bombs in the building for a fact because after the planes hit Tower 1, before the building came down, the fire department tried to clear out the parking garage in case there was some sort of structural collapse. And while they're doing that, they found a van marked Urban Moving Systems, and inside that van, it was packed full of explosives. And we know this because it went out over the radio. It was broadcast to the NYPD, the New York Fire Department, the FBI. It made its way over to New Jersey, um, where New Jersey state troopers later on in the afternoon spot a van marked Urban Moving Systems, and they pull it over. So um, at around 8 o'clock in the morning, 8.30 in the morning, like 45 minutes before the towers were hit, um, you have a bunch of these Israelis who work for Urban Moving Systems out of um, – I think, I think they were right over the bridge in Queens, but they set up camera equipment and they were filming the towers prior to the planes hitting. And then they are caught on film celebrating and flicking Bic lighters and all this stuff. All this information was collected by the government and stashed away uh, until recently when they released some redacted photographs of the of these dancing Israelis. Um, Oded Elner, Omar Mamari, Yarn Schmel, and Paul and Sylvan Kurtzberg. They're real people with real names. Uh, they worked for the Mossad. They were Israeli citizens. And Yarn Schmel got married one year later on the anniversary of September 11th. So um, the notification goes out and uh, everyone's notified that they found bombs in the building. And then when you see, then the bomb went off, but that didn't bring the towers down. Still, a lot happened in this like 45 minute period. Uh, you have people fleeing from the building and 
a lot of the fire department was saying, hey, it looked like a bomb went off in the base. And bomb went off in the on the first floor because it was the lobby was just destroyed. That was from the bomb that went off underneath in the van marked Urban Moving Systems. So these guys are celebrating uh, after the towers get hit. They've had been, their their footage showed that they were set up long before the first plane hit. But they're seen there, and it's called in over the radio by a woman at Dwart Towers where they were set up. And uh, the bolo goes out to look for this van, and that's later on in the afternoon, two or three o'clock. They are seen on the New Jersey Turnpike. They're pulled over. They're arrested. And they're only held for seven weeks, okay? Uh, Michael Chertoff, uh, who was working for, I think he was the Secretary of Defense, working for the Bush administration, signed off on their deportation back to Israel. No investigation, no charges, nothing. When you look at Urban Moving Systems, Urban Moving Systems was being run by a guy named Dominic Souter. Dominic Souter got all of his money to open that operation from a guy named Ertem Wertheimer, who was the head of the Jewish agency, okay? All roads always lead back to Israel, no matter what. And it's that simple. All those buildings were brought down by explosives. And you have like all these fucking people arguing over, oh, it was nanothermite or it was fucking space beams. Like that's conspiracy bullshit. Someone burns your fucking house down. You're not going to get in an argument over whether they use gasoline or kerosene. Who gives a fuck, right? They burnt your house down and we know who did it. So all the bullshit that people talk about in the conspiracy world, about nanothermite and all this stuff is blatantly irrelevant. When you know who did it, you know how they did it. Um, it's just a misdirection at that point. Misdirection, right. So you can we know who put the bombs in the building. It was done by a number of Mossad front companies. So you have Urban Moving Systems, a big company. And so if you want to get access to like um, the elevators, you send in a mechanical company, one called Denko Mechanical. Uh, if you want to get access to the sprinkler systems, you send in a plumbing company, which is Magic Heating and Plumbing. And then you have two moving companies moving the bombs into the building. And those were Urban Moving Systems and White Glove Movers. All of those connect back to Dominic Souter and his associates and the Jewish agency. Do this isn't rocket they, science. Do you think that they were in on it? Or do you think that they were doing the job and just basically told don't ask questions so that they no. could have plausible deniability? No, they were in on it. For sure. I was just reading yesterday about the uh, Harambe project. I think it's what it's called um, or Haraba or something like that. Basically, it was a project done by Israel to um, boost propaganda in other countries about Israel to always be viewed at as favored. Right. Of course, they have to because they're a bunch of fucking terrorists. Um, and really, like Israel shouldn't exist. The whole story of how they came right. into existence. I mean. That was the whole reason for World War One and World War Two. The, the official story of World War One and World War Two are complete bullshit, right? World War Two was not about Nazi aggression. It was about right. needing to completely destroy the Ottoman Empire in order to pave the way for the rise of Israel, like ancient biblical prophecy stuff. Like these people are fucking sick occultists. And that became evident to me in when I was doing my Kennedy research. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I was reading that and I was thinking about you the other day and how I would ask you about that. And yeah. Yeah, so the occult shit is stuff I still really uh, – I don't enjoy talking about it because it's uh, crazy. And it makes me look fucking crazy when I know it's real. But it's hard to get across to people. Mine, but that is that is why it, our whole existence is formed around thinking stuff like that is crazy. I mean, we're raised to 
whoa all right sorry just turned on a weird light but uh <laughs> okay but we're raised from birth to believe that crazy shit is crazy so that when you hear it it's like oh no that's crazy that's nonsense that's nothing and then we're indoctrinated through school to be taught what is right and what is real mm -hmm. so when we're taught these fake things that we're told are right and real we already know what's crazy air quotes for the listeners but we we're going to hear like, oh, yeah, they're drinking baby's blood and they're doing these weird right. rituals like, oh, that's crazy. And we're going to think that. And it does make you feel crazy because you're we're all indoctrinated a little bit to feel that way when we say it so that we don't want to say it. You right. Know? It's this idea that upon hearing it, you create your own controlled opposition because the idea right. that that is so far out of the realistic realm of relativity is that it couldn't possibly be true. And the idea is, is that it's like, no, if you really step back and you take away the laws that govern us both scientifically and legally, anything is possible. I heard this great presentation by Jordan Peterson, where way back in the day, in the, I think he said in the 70s or the 80s, he was working as a psychiatrist for inmates. And uh, one of the guys that he uh, interviewed and was talking to was this little small old frail guy and he's like you know the idea is, is that when you see somebody who spent their life in prison and now they're hobbling around and they're just you know they 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 look very non-intimidating you think well there's no possible way that this guy could commit a crime that sent him to life in prison and then when you read his file and then he starts doing a psychological breakdown you start to see the patterns of oh my god this is possible well the bigger thing was that when he stepped away from it he goes i want to see what it must be like to step in the mindset of somebody who is capable of that. Jordan Peterson said on live presentation, I realized that I could easily be him and I could easily commit those atrocities. And somebody said, why would you be capable of it? He goes, because we're all capable of doing horrible things, but we choose not to. And that is literally the end all be all. If you have a good enough motive you will surpass any kind of reason that says you shouldn't or there's another way out. It's the same kind of idea of people that finally get to a point of suicide on a micro scale where they finally get to a point that they legitimately feel like they're doing the people around them a favor. And it's like, how could you possibly think that? Well, with the same thing with that and the same token and light, all of this is possible. Do I believe that these celebrities are drinking baby's blood? I don't fucking know. I always revert to I don't know because I don't know shit. And the more I learn, the more I realize that. Is it possible? Absolutely. Anything exactly. is possible. It's a possibility. That's the point That's is it. that it's right. possible and being able to say that it's possible without feeling crazy on the inside. That's like the yeah. first freeing moment to be able to say what you've learned, I guess, is my point yes. for you. Corey, That's, what drives well. me nuts when people are, I mean, I've said it ad fucking nauseum on the show, but it drives me nuts when people are <laughs> like, no, this is the, this is the truth. You're all wrong. This is it. It's like, Okay, no, I'm willing to entertain what you have to say and make it a possibility. Well, like, but you to say that's what's happening, I, I'm going to be open to other stuff too. Well, yeah, Corey's co-host, Chris, he just made a post about a post he made talking about how they were getting off of yeah. YouTube because of censorship. And the comment that the guy made was, they don't censor anything. They have, uh, what was it? Uh, community creator, guidelines. A creator creator guidelines. community yeah. guidelines. And I'm all... So that 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 was your tagline to say that they don't censor. Like, get the fuck out of here, man. 
So then he commented on his own post. So I actually commented on Chris's post because the dude commented on his own post. And I was like, wow, that screams troll to me. But I guess I'm just a QAnon supporting conspiracy theorist Trump supporter. (laughs) Semi-fascist deplorable. (laughs) Well, because if you're not one, you're the other. You have to be in one field. You can't just be in one. is the game. You have to be in one field or the other. But I'm not. I'm not. I'm not in shit. <laughs> I'm on my bitches. show. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> anyway, I don't know sorry, where sorry, I'm at, but it's not but, there. <laughs> oh, I mean, that was a great breakdown of 9/11, and um, I, I was looking. I'm glad you actually touched on it because it's 9/11, whatever. But we've done 9/11 shows. Everybody and their fucking mom is doing a 9/11 show today. I know, but like, dude, sorry, but you got to touch on it. But the, the building, the Tower 7 that came down in the BBC is reporting on it, and it's still standing in the background while they're reporting on it exploding and coming down. That's that's real. That's real news footage. And I mean, real news footage isn't real, but that was the most real news footage I've ever seen. And then just a little oopsie. So then as they realize it's happening, the line gets cut and then the building actually does fall down. That's the best mm-hmm. part. That's the smoking gun for me is like, oh, duh. Mm-hmm. Like they obviously had to cut it because they're like, God damn it. Our, okay. our plan isn't working. So that's funny. I Jesus. saw somebody post something today. It was like building seven was brought down by burning debris from the other two towers and it was structurally it was weakened. unsafe yeah. and blah 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 <laughs> okay that doesn't explain the bbc reporter saying that it has fallen 20 minutes before it fucking fell and it's right behind her you can see it. they're like it's right here yeah uh, that's I, I believe that, that stuff's done on purpose they have to tip their hand oh. to some degree they always have to let us know what the deal is without letting us know what the deal oh, is. Oh, you think that was like an Easter egg that they did on purpose? Mm-hmm. The wink and a nod. You want to so see an Easter that, egg? I think to fucking fuck with people too who notice it so that they can demonize it. I want to hear it. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> give me a minute to pull up my slides. I wasn't going to do any slides, oh, but good. with Kennedy, I always fucking have to because it. it's easier to visualize. We love your Yeah, slides. definitely. It does I cut down on questions uh, a lot more. Boner. I don't know why I put that, but I I did. Boner. You just like boner. it. You you like uh-huh. boners. That was Bags's boner. Go away, Baton. Leave me alone. Right. I'm just I'm just filling time until Corey puts his fucking slides up. Oh, by the way, if you're listening on audio, you freeloaders, uh, this is why you go to Rockfin is to see Corey's slides because they make a lot of sense when you can see things visually. You're not just walking us dumb fucks talking with our mouse moving. No, you're you're actually seeing some shit. Well, sometimes, <laughs> most of the time, it's just us talking in our mouse moving. But sometimes, sometimes we have good shit. All right, so this is, a, this is a perfect example of a fucking Easter egg. It had to have been done on purpose. So this is a single frame from the Robert Hughes film. Robert Hughes film is the most important film in all, of all the Kennedy films that are out there. As you can tell, you can't see a goddamn thing because everybody is right. kind of blacked out, blurred out, it's smudged. There's really zero detail. Out of the entire Robert Hughes film, I was able to locate a single frame of this image without all the fucking blackouts and distortions. And when you look at what this image should look like, it should look like this. Now, that's a lot different picture, right? See, let's take a look at that. Wildly different picture. And then look at this. Okay. Was it an accident that somebody let one frame of this fucking film out? No. 
They did this on purpose. And this is the most important picture in the entire Kennedy assassination period. Before you go on with that, Corey, describe for the audio listeners what the fuck we're looking at. We're looking at Dealey Plaza, right? We're looking at Dealey Plaza. This is a view of Houston Street um, about two seconds after Kennedy made the left-hand turn onto Elm Street, right? He had to make that sharp 45-degree angle turn onto Elm. Uh, the original picture is completely blurred and black. And this is what the actual, when you watch the film, this is what the film looks like. So the film was tampered with, uh, not just still images from it. And then this one is crystal clear to the point where you can actually see that cop on the left is J.D. Tippett, who Kennedy research uh, conspiracy fucks have been arguing over for 50 years, whether or not he was uh, one of the shooters in the assassination, perhaps uh uh, on the grassy knoll, which he obviously was not because he's standing right there on Houston Street. But this is a very important picture, and this picture changed my life. So uh, I want to point out a couple things. Uh, as you scan the people here in this picture, you'll is come to find... the costumes? Yep. So you'll come to find that some of these people here are wearing ornate ceremonial outfits some are wearing costumes, right? So look at the right-hand side of this uh, picture. You'll see pretty clearly that there's somebody wearing a parrot costume. You can see the yellow head with the black eyes and the orange beak right here. Okay? That's okay. a little fucking freaky. Where you is go this? on? Can you see my cursor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right yeah. Oh, okay. All right. So that's never been discussed in any Kennedy research ever. Um, if you go right here, you'll see a family of four and they're all hugging. Right. But yep. what are they wearing? You have a little girl wearing like a black robe. You have the son uh, who's wearing some weird gray vest with these black stripes. And you have and the his father. Hat is very weird. His hat is really weird. It's a costume. And then the mother, she's wearing a cape also. So. What is going on here? If you keep going down the line, you'll come across somebody wearing Greco-Roman style robes, right? Greco-Roman style robes, like Julius Caesar, okay? Holy shit. Right. And so that, and that, the reason I know that's Greco-Roman style robes is because there are two more people wearing the same robes in Dealey Plaza, one on Elm Street and one across the street on Houston. And then you keep going down the line here and you come across this guy right here in the middle wearing a purple outfit. And I have a zoom in on this. So he's wearing a purple robe with a patch on the shoulder and a very tall ornate hat. Let me zoom back to the regular picture so you can see the comparison. It's a little easier to see here, but it's clearly a guy wearing a tall, like dark colored hat with these like little golden circles on it. He has a very... Uh, open ornate collar and a purple robe with a patch on the shoulder. And there's another one standing right next to him. And I can only assume this is another one, a third one right here. And so when you zoom in, you know, it's like, what is going on here? Why are these people wearing these like funky outfits? When you go up to the grassy knoll or the pergola, technically, you'll see you have like a kid here. And I thought this was like a marching band. And he has like tassels on his shoulder, right? Yeah. Like a potlets with the tassels and the inlay is on the front of the, of the jacket and it goes all the way down. Right. So it's very distinct on what it is. I'm like, I always wondered why no Kennedy researchers ever talked about this. 
And then normal dude, he was just a bum hanging out, being weird. It's nothing to look at. Don't worry about it. I'm gonna skip over um, a couple of these slides, and then I come across in the film. I come across this, and it looks like. That's uh, Officer Haygood making an arrest, but that arrest is not documented anywhere in any of the literature. Let me zoom in on this. Uh, it kind of looks like the Wicked Witch of the West. Like this person has a black robe on and like a black pointed hat. I'm like freaking out. Like what the fuck is going on here? Right. But then I realized what this was. This was a Hasidic hat, right? For a Hasidic Jew. And the With robe the that you're wearing. It, of course. Yep. And the robe that they're wearing is like this. It's a ceremonial robe. It's a Hasidic ceremonial robe. Okay. Hmm. And so let me skip down. Uh, when you when I came to realize what exactly was happening here, and I'm skipping a lot of slides here because we'd be here for like hours. Um, I found this on the left, which is a Purim ritual ceremony being performed in Israel by a bunch of rabbis. Look at this. The same purple robes, patch on the shoulder, patch on the shoulder, the tall hat with the funky design, tall hat with the design, the open collar, the open collar. And what I came to realize is that these people in Daly Plaza were a bunch of rabbis and they were performing a Jewish ritual sacrifice, a symbolic Purim ceremony. Because uh, when you read through the Talmud, the Talmud basically states that you can only commit a sacrifice at the Temple Mount, but there's an exception. The exception is you're allowed to commit a sacrifice at a Purim festival, and it doesn't have to be at the Temple Mount. So this is a symbolic Purim ritual sacrifice being pulled off by Hasidic Jews in the middle of Dealey Plaza. Uh, then back to the kids real quick. So as I'm researching this, I find that children are wearing children's Hasidic Purim ceremonial robes with the tassels on the shoulder and the inlay that goes all the way down. To, to me, these two pictures, that one and this one, are the slam dunk evidence that there was foreknowledge of the assassination and that they were performing this symbolic Jewish ritual sacrifice. And I don't really see any alternative uh, explanation for why they'd be wearing this. Um, then, as I'm, I don't have a picture for it here, but as I am going through, as I'm going through the assassination of Mayor Anton Cermak, I find these Purim rabbi guys standing in the middle of the photograph at the assassination of Mayor Anton Cermak in Miami, which happened in 1933, 30 years before the assassination of President Kennedy. So. Yeah, so to talk about Easter eggs, there's no fucking way that that's that one particular frame slipped through untampered. That was basically left out there for people to find, and I was only the second person ever to find it. The first person to find it will never talk about this stuff because, well, they just won't. But when people do talk about it, they're outcast. I mean, I just, I guess I don't understand why it would be put out there. For people to find, and then I mean, there's nothing you can do with it because they're the giving you the finger. Letting you know what happened. Yeah. I I get it, but I I mean, yeah, I guess I get it with our show. Anything we say, anything we see you guys say on Forbidden Knowledge News, anything anywhere is just like, oh no, this is fake news. So 
it's that's it's how, weird that yeah, they would do that. Yeah, that's how they want it to be, though. Is anything we say is fake news, and it could be. I mean, I don't know. But what what do you think the point of that was, though? What, who's the bigger player behind that? If there's so many Hasidic Israelis, we'll call them, uh, at this event, what is their end game? Who are these people, and why are they? Well, there they were so those were Americans. Those were American Jews, and odds are, and I still need to do some research into this, but odds are they were there. Uh, the connection to the uh, people behind the assassination was through Meyer Lansky, who ran the mob. Uh, most people think that Sicilian Italians ran the mob. It's the greatest myth ever. Think movies like The Godfather help promote that myth. The mm -hmm. real truth is that Jews controlled the mob from 1931 till the late 1970s via Meyer Lansky. Uh, Meyer Lansky had a close relationship with his rabbi. And so I have no doubts that this is these people are there and the information got to them through Meyer Lansky's rabbi, but that will, that's something I'm going to have to get to after I finish my book. Huh? But it's always the same people. It's always the same goddamn people, whether it's Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Robert Kennedy, the attempt on George Wallace, you know, the Liberty, the sinking of the USS Thresher and the Scorpion, which were two nuclear submarines of ours that they fucking, that they sunk. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what the fuck happens. It always goes back to the same people. And, uh, I'm fucking over it, right? I mean, I'm tired of pulling my punches on who's behind this shit, and I find myself doing that anyway. But the reality is, um, these Zionists who are basically Jewish supremacists uh, are behind everything, and uh, it needs to come to a fucking halt real quick. And that's really what where Kennedy comes into this mix because Kennedy, there's a couple things going on with Kennedy. Kennedy was going to cut all aid to Israel because. The Israelis have been committing crimes against America since prior to the state of Israel. I, I'll call them Israelis going back to like the early 1900s, even though Israel didn't come about till 48, because it's the exact same people. It's uh, David Ben-Gurion, Chaim Wiseman. You know, it's all the same actual people who did some of these horrible things to America, even prior to the formation of the state of Israel. So go back to 1945. At the end of World War II, um, you have... Ben-Gurion and these guys wanting to form a Jewish state in Palestine, the nation of Israel, right? They wanted weapons from us and we wouldn't give it to them. They wanted to basically kick the Palestinians out of their own fucking land and take over that part of the Middle East and call it Israel. And we would not support them. We would not help them. We did not give them any weapons to do that. So what did they do? They stole them from us. Uh, uh, Ben-Gurion, along with a guy named Rudolf Sonborn, set up what's called the Sonborn Institute, run out, ran out of a hotel in New York City. And basically what they did for a period of over 20 years, um, they had people breaking into United States uh, armories and bunkers to steal the weaponry, right? Uh, that connects to Kennedy through David Ferry, who a bunch of his guys broke into the armory Oma and stole a whole bunch of weapons, which were allegedly going to the anti-Castro Cubans, right? To throw overthrow Castro, but that's all bullshit. Um, the reason the pigs failed was because they did not have any arms on the ground. There was no money getting funneled to the anti-Castro Cubans in Cuba. There was no weapons getting funneled to them because all that stuff was getting diverted to Israel. All right. So when people talk about the anti-Castro Cuban connection to the Kennedy assassination, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. That was all a front. Mm. Um, so you have the Somborn Institute where they're stealing all these weapons from us. Then you go jump to 1956. 1956, Zalman Shapiro sets up NUMEC, the Nuclear Materials and Equipment Corporation in Apollo, Pennsylvania. Actually, it's Park Township, Pennsylvania. Um, but basically, they got a contract from the U.S. government to create 
enriched uranium for nuclear submarines. Well, over a course of like, let me see, it was like 56 to 65, about nine years, they basically funneled uh, over 600 pounds of uranium out of Pennsylvania into uh, Israel for use at the Demona nuclear reactor. And the Demona nuclear reactor is the center of the Kennedy assassination. Kennedy was number one, going to cut all aid to Israel because he knew exactly what was going on. He knew all this stuff and they were lying to him about everything. And also Kennedy's number one priority in the world was nuclear deproliferation. He wanted to get rid of nukes all over the world. Israel's number one uh, item on their agenda was to get the bomb, right? So you have two completely opposing goals here. And ultimately, that is why they killed Kennedy, because he was going to shut them fucking down a hundred ways from Sunday, and there was nothing they could do about it, so they killed him. That's it. And when you, if you want to understand how um, the mafia is involved and how the CIA is involved, right, and how the Secret Service and all these different people are involved, it's really simple. Uh, it goes back to the relationships between the Mossad and the U.S. mafia going back to 1946. And uh, it goes back to the United States government's involvement with the mafia going back to World War II uh, when the United States uh, recruited uh, Lucky Luciano and his role in the docks, which were run by Albert Anastasia, who was another Jewish mobster. Um, they cut a deal with them to monitor what was coming in and out of, uh, out of the ports because they didn't want like they didn't want Nazis sneaking weapons into America and they didn't want weapons and snuck to the Nazis. Right. So that was a really big deal. So that you could say is kind of the beginning of, well, it's the second wave of partnerships between the government and the mafia, because really you can trace the origins of that back to the twenties with Arnold Rothstein and the heroin trade after heroin became illegal. Right. So heroin was legal forever. As soon as it went illegal, Arnold Rothstein set up partnerships uh, in China with Chiang Kai-shek, who was pumping uh, morph uh, opium and heroin out of the country uh, through Arnold Rothstein. But see, the United States government needed to get a foothold in China, and the way they did it was through their connections to Arnold Rothstein. So, right, so you have all the, you have three different groups here. You have the Mossad, the CIA, and the U.S. Mafia, who by the time Kennedy was killed, they're one organization. They're working together on so many fronts. Right. I mean, books and books could be written upon just their partnerships and what they were doing together. Kennedy is just one of many. So uh, that's how you have this relationship between these three entities that would seemingly not have anything to do with each other, but are all in bed together uh, and basically inseparable. So when people say, oh, the mob did it, uh, but the mob couldn't have, you know, did the cover up with the with the government and changed documents and changed statements and all that stuff. And that's correct. Um, and so but when you look at who the shooters were. The shooters were all both associates of the mob and uh, contract agents for the CIA. Every last fucking one of them. So when you – in the beginning when I started my Kennedy research, I was really confused because I read that Jack Ruby was working with the Mossad and the CIA and the mafia, and he was an FBI informant. Well, I'm like, well, how does that work? You know, those are all conflicting interests. No, they're not. No, they're not. Those guys are all on the same fucking page. The FBI's number one job in America is to cover for the CIA. That's it. That's their fucking job. And then, you know, uh, quash dissent in America. That's their number two job, which is we see a lot of. But their primary role is to cover for CIA activities in America because the fucking CIA is not supposed to operate in America, but they do all the time. The oh, largest man. CIA station uh, in America ever was what was called the JM Wave Station down in Miami, run by a guy named Ted Shackley. 
uh, Ted Shackley ended up in 1966 running a fucking heroin production facility out of a sea factory in Laos that never produced a single bottle of Pepsi. So when you go back that and you, when you go back and look at that era, you will find that major corporations were in bed with the CIA in order to uh, basically funnel drugs around the world. It's crazy. So, so that's the base, that's the basis of the relationships behind the assassination. Yeah, Ed, what do you think about the whole the importance of the JFK thing as it relates to current events? Was that a tipping point for something? That's because the most important event in world history. Okay, because so it gave, why? I know you think that, so I want to know why. Sure. Well, number one, it gave the Zionists control of our army. America came to an end on that day. Like, most people don't fucking realize this. We are an Israeli colony, and we have been since that day. Kennedy, America died with Kennedy. Uh, now every single politician has to meet with APAC. You know, APAC is a goddamn foreign agent, but do they have to register under the Foreign Agents Registration Act? No. 1933, we passed the Foreign Agents Registration Act, and it means that if you're going to be in America and you're going to lobby Congress uh, for anything on behalf of a foreign nation, you need to register as a foreign agent, okay? Wow. Uh, they made RT recently register as a foreign agent. They made um, Al Jazeera register as a foreign agent, okay? What? Yeah, so APAC, which used it? to be the American... No, APAC used to be the American Zionist Council. The American Zionist Council was evading, actively evading registration under the Foreign Agents Registration Act for 15 fucking years, from 48 to 63. And then when it looks like they, the, their time had run out and they were actually going to be forced to register as foreign agents, they closed up shop on the American Zionist Council and they started APAC. Um, on November the 21st, 1963... The, uh, the AZC, the American Zionist Council, was ordered to register under FARA, the Foreign Agents Registration Act. And the next day, that problem went away forever. Forever. Um, APAC has never been asked to fucking register as a foreign agent because they own our fucking government. Every goddamn politician in Congress takes money from APAC because if you don't, th they will ruin your fucking career. That's how that goes. Um, anyone who thinks that we have an ounce of sovereignty left in this country is kidding themselves. Everything that goes on in this country on a political level is at the behest of fucking Israel. Why do you think we bombed 17 goddamn countries that have nothing to do with us? Right. Because of Israel. We needed to wipe out their fucking enemies, right? The Iraq war, 9-11 was done by the Israelis and the fucking Iraq war and everything mm -hmm. that followed was to benefit them, not us, them. And then when you hear terms like oh, neocon. What do they have, though? Why are we doing this? What do they have that we need so bad? Nothing. You ever heard of a guy named Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> There's more yeah. than one Jeffrey Epstein, and he was a blackmailer. And that's what, you do, that's what you do to these people. When you cannot buy somebody off, you make a piece of men's, and you send fucking Jeffrey Epstein to fly him on his plane. And as soon as they're on his plane, you own them. That's so it's not so much work. that we're... Is this where your research got super dark? Because I'm wondering oh, no. why... If America is so powerful, as we say, I know you're saying we're not, but why would we do this for Israel? Why? Because if it's not that we're getting, if I'm understanding correctly, it's not that we're getting anything out of it. It's that they wanted us to do something. And if we said no, they were going to fuck us. And since we are and always touting the greatest superpower, that could make that crumble. So we did it. I get right, it, right? but it's Israel, and we should be bigger. We should be more powerful, and we should have more allies. You would think, yeah. But it's like the same as well, a bully. Well, they've they've conquered the whole West. Here's the deal. like I, When people say that like, the Chinese have infiltrated our government and the Chinese are doing this, I laugh because like 
you can spot a Chinaman a fucking mile away. Okay. Right. Jews are Jews look like white people. So they've infiltrated every level of government. And when it's convenient to them, they're white. And when it's convenient to them, they're Jewish. And that's how they infiltrate and take over governments and fool the average person on the street who continues to vote particularly Democratic, which is where they really have a foothold. Some of these fucking um, the Tea Party kind of fucked them a little. But now that we're getting into these um, uh, the MAGA, the, 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 the MAGA people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, they're yeah. not they're not yeah. in with this. Yeah, they're not. And you can tell, like, when you look at uh, how many Jews work in the White House going back a dozen administrations. You look at people like Clinton and then Bush and Obama. All of them had like 40 to 45 Jews working in the White House in their administration. 95% of their administration was all Jews. Still to this day, Biden's, Biden is no different. Trump only had 15. 15. Mm. That's where the hatred for Trump originated from. And it was pushed by people like the fucking ADL and all these Zionist groups. They are behind the Trump hate. Even though he did a lot for them, he only did the barest minimum to maintain his uh, his power. So, so that's just yeah, to differentiate ahead. real quick. Sorry, Ben, between right, Jews yeah. and Hebrews, because the Jews, that's a, what is fucking happening on the mic right now? Something's oh, happening. There's a tapping. Is that you, Corey? You fuck. Anyway, no. so Jews and he- Hebrews are two different fucking things. Hebrews are the ethnicity. Jews are the religion. That's no. why I don't get the anti-Semitic shit. Sorry, Rockfin, if you want to kick me off for this, but I don't get the fucking hatred for it. If I were to say I hate Christians right now, nothing would be said. If I said I hated Catholics, nothing would be said. If I say I hate Jews, all of a sudden it's a fucking problem. I don't understand right. that. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, let's talk about the Hebrews and the Hebrew Israelites. Um, the origins of fucking Judaism stem from northern Ethiopia, southern Egypt, and, and that, that region. How many fucking white people do you think were living in Africa and the Middle East 5,000 years ago? <laughs> zero. Zero. Yeah. Fucking zero. Okay. Yeah. The original Hebrew, <laughs> the original Hebrew Israelites were about as black as fucking night. Seriously. The original Jews were black. And by the fall of the, of the second temple in 70 AD, when they were uh, driven into the diaspora, right? When the temple was destroyed and they were driven into the diaspora, Jews like to talk about the diaspora as the rest of the world. Like Jews just fled all over the fucking world. No, bullshit. They fled back into Africa. We have maps of the migrations of the original Israelites moving back into the Sahara and down from into the Sudan and back into northern Ethiopia, which is where the Ethiopians claim to have the Ark of the Covenant, which would make sense if I believe that those were real, like Moses, right? But Moses and all that, and Jesus, none of those are real fucking people, okay? So the original Hebrew Israelites were black. There was not a white Jew on planet Earth until 740 AD when uh, the Russians gave an ultimatum to the Khazarians, okay? White Jews are not descendants of the Israelites. They have no connection to the land of Israel. They have no connection to the original Judaism. They are descendants of forced converts in 740 AD, okay? And that area is the area of the Ukraine. That's why the Ukraine war has such significance today, okay? Because white Jews are descendant from the Ukraine, from the Khazarian empire. See, they were a bunch of uh, shamanistic fucks and they were uh, basically they followed a religion called Tangrid, Tangridism, okay? And that was what uh, uh, Genghis Khan was. It's a very it's a, they do that's where all the black magic and the fucking sacrifices and all the shit came from. But see, that was kind of an offshoot 
of the Canaanite religions, which were pre-Judaic. Uh, so go back to Northern Africa 6,000 years ago and with the Canaanites, who were black as fuck also. Um, and that kind of practice branched off in different directions. And when it went north, um, it became Tengridism. And so that is what the original, that's the real origins of modern day Ashkenazi Jews. They're not descendants from the mm -hmm. goddamn Israelites. They're descendant of the Khazarians. And so in, 12, in 740 AD, they are forced converted. They were given a choice. You can pick one of the three religions, right? You can pick uh, Judaism, you could pick Christianity, or you could pick uh, Islam, which had only been around for what, at that point, 200 years. And so they picked Judaism. And so, but did, they didn't really pick Judaism. They used that as the front to keep the Russians at bay so the Russians wouldn't invade, but they continued to practice black magic and all this other sick shit, right? This is where the Babylonian Talmud comes from. So the Talmud was finished in 550 AD, give or take. And by 740 AD, um, I'm sorry, fast forward to 1200, you have a couple hundred years of the Khazarians um, using this Jude Judaic front. They kind of incorporated their black magic practices into uh, the traditional uh, Judaic practices, all right? Um, so they were still fucking killing people. What would happen is people would be traveling through their lands and often they would just kidnap them, kill them, and assume their identities, right? Uh, and then go on and amongst their on their trip like they were the same like they were that person. Um, the Russians and the surrounding uh, countries were like fuck these people, and they basically had a full scale invasion of Khazaria and forced all of these what would now be called Ashkenazi Jews. They all forced them out of the region, and they all moved into Eastern Europe, Poland, Germany. And if you look at the history of like Judaism as they tell it, they'll talk about the Great Migration into Europe around 1200 AD. It completely lines up with the Khazarians being forced out of their empire and into Eastern Europe. Okay, and so when you read things about uh, the, the the ritual sacrifice and all that stuff, they'll say that they're myths and legends, but they're not. That stuff is the, that was the first time that Europeans were introduced to this occultic. Um, sacrificial type religion and that is the vast majority of the reasoning on why jews were persecuted over the years because they never integrated into society and they continued to practice this black magic that was the foundation of their babylonian talmudism so that's closer of a history to the reality than what any fucking jew will tell you they'll tell you that they were slaves in egypt god damn it show me a fucking show me some evidence that white people were slaves to black people in egypt it's a yeah, fucking you joke. Built, you built that's a pyramid. Fair. Sure. Yeah, that's totally true. Uh, so what do you think uh, to get even weirder and deeper? Like, I don't know what your knowledge of the Bible is, but what do you think the fucking thing is behind that with if we're going in this vein of uh, we'll, we'll call them Hebrews being in charge of everything terrible. What is going on with? Well, they're not Hebrews anymore. Like, they're not what, Hebrews anymore. They don't the consider goal? themselves Hebrews. Okay, the wh whoever you're talking, I'm not going to even say their names. I'm just going to say I know who you're talking about. Those gotcha. people. What's their fucking end goal here with all this? Oh, a world of their own. 
That's it. That that's like the, yeah. that's what I was saying earlier. Okay. To be fair, when I was like, "What is their goal? Like, why wouldn't we stand up?" It reminded me of a bully who picks on someone at a school, for example, or a shooter who holds a plane hostage and the plane full of 135 people. Those are Saudis. Can't, can't all gang up on one person. No, it doesn't matter who it is. It could be a white person or a black person or a Saudi. It doesn't matter. When one person has a gun, if 130 fucking people get mm -hmm. up and just attack that person, they're going to lose for sure. What is the United States's reason for not ganging up on Israel? We're definitely more numerous. Because we're, like, we'd be called anti-Semitic. Right. We'd be called anti-Semitic. And that worked. It's worked for goddamn hundreds of years. You know, it's the whole, if you talk bad about them in any form, even explaining their true history, like I just did, that's an anti-Semitic slur that they would say it, let me read some quotes it's fucking brilliant that's like, it, just something that's been ingrained in us for years though that's what i was saying earlier too it's just mm -hmm. we're born into it we're trained to think that it's so bad and to say that the holocaust didn't exist platforms and i'm you say this shit i'm right, not yeah. saying the holocaust didn't exist i'm not trying to be anti-semitic but if you even say mm -hmm. it for a second it's like no i don't care can't even from, from anti-semitic right, whatever yeah, sorry Fuck sorry off. go ahead okay go ahead. sorry <laughs> Uh, I'm going to read some quotes. These are from some of the early Zionist leaders of the 20th century. This one is from Chaim Wiseman, who was the first president of Israel. And he said, uh, and this was published in the Journal of the Zionist Federation in 1920 in Germany. He says, we will establish ourselves in Palestine, whether you like it or not. It is better for you to help us as to avoid our constructive powers being turned into a destructive power, which will overthrow the world. Okay, sound familiar? Here's another one from Maury Samuel, taken from his book, You Gentiles. Uh, we Jews, we are the destroyers, and we will remain the destroyers. Nothing you can do will meet our demands and needs. We will forever destroy because we want a world of our own. Um, hmm. Theodore Kaufman, September 26, 1941. Uh, and this is from his book, uh, Germany Must Perish. Uh, I believe that the Jews have a mission in life. They must see to it that the nations of the world get together in vast federation and become subservient to the Jews. But how can you achieve this and get peace if Germany exists? So let us sterilize all. Let us wage a war more horrible than war itself. So this is not me being a fucking anti-Semite. This is me citing real fucking history of these people who genuinely right. want to see. It you sounds like they're, they're making themselves the victims so yeah. that everyone in the world will pity them yes. and the Germans are the worst. Yes, and so that's why when you get back was... into the when you get back into the writings of Adolf Hitler, they make it seem <laughs> like he was such a fucking bad guy and that he just hated Jews for no reason, but then when you realize Adolf Hitler was created by the Zionists, not directly, but their overt Jewish supremacy and their overt infiltration of government is what created his detest his you know his hatred for them in the first place, and then when it but came it to Germany, like Trump now, like if if w way beyond our time, like mm -hmm. hundreds of years from now, Trump will be looked at, and we didn't vote for Trump. I'm not a Trump fan, but he's gonna be like, oh my god, he hated trans people. He was against COVID. Right. Like mm -hmm. he he's going to be viewed in this eye that we could never possibly see, or the people you know our posterity, they're not gonna understand it. We won't right. even be around to tell them otherwise. Right. But everything people hear Hitler and how he just wanted to take over the world and how he wanted to kill all the Jews is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. When you come to study the real history, everybody owes it to themselves to go read Mein Kampf, uh, preferably the Ford translation. It's the most accurate. Um, but yeah, when you come to understand like what was really going on in Europe, like 
here's a great example. All this trans bullshit that we're seeing, like I have no problems with gay people whatsoever. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Uh, I have had gay friends, no problem whatsoever, right? Penis. <laughs> but all this, we don't all this either. Bullshit. Everyone can do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, we don't right. care. Totally, don't care. All this Pride Month and all the trans shit and the fucking pedophiles with kids and all this stuff that's happening is being intentionally pushed by the same group of people that pushed this in Germany. Uh, you can go back to Germany and look at the, the Frankfurt Institute, which formed in 1918 uh, through 1933. And their entire goal was to undermine German culture and to undermine what was happening. You know, Germans had, had longstanding traditions and the entire purpose of the Frankfurt Institute was to undermine that. And motherfucking Hitler wasn't having it, okay? He wasn't having it. So 1933, he gets into power and the Frankfurt Institute disappeared. But things like the Frankfurt Institute that were overtly pushing transsexuality, they were pushing all kinds of things that we got to think. A hundred years ago, the values of the average German were way different than the values of the average person today. Oh, they sure. had much more of a an for nationalism than we do in America. We don't have an argument for nationalism in America, I don't feel, whatsoever. That ship sailed a long fucking time ago. Um, but in Germany... It's demonized and- now. Nationalism is fucking demonized. That's yeah, part of the thing Doesn't now. Hitler... Hitler? So, uh, I, this is a weird thing I'm going to say real quick, but Hitler reminds me of Trump in a way because he, he had these weird ideas, he but he wasn't <laughs> controlled. So every leader is controlled by the powers that be in their government. Like the leader is just the spokesperson. They don't actually make decisions behind the scenes. They all make decisions. Then the spokesperson acts like they do make the decisions, but they never really do. But Hitler was that person. And they're mm-hmm. like, yep, demonize him. And then they, they did the same to Trump. So it, it could go both ways where Trump could be put in the same light as Hitler at some point. Right. Like it, they don't even want you to study what he said. Right. Right. If you were to go to a library and take out Mein Kampf, your fucking name would be flagged by the FBI. Period. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, why do you want to read this? Right. Don't don't shave your head first, people. Get long hair like Joe. (laughs) Grow your hair out and then go read Mein Kampf. I've never Googled that or the Unabomber's Manifesto because I'm like, I'm going to be put on the list. (laughs) Right. I'm already brilliant. I don't need another list to be put on. I'm good. I'll Mm -hmm. I'll just listen to you talk about it. (laughs) So. But yeah, like when you actually go and you read Mein Kampf, it's all German nationalism and about maintaining the cultural integrity of of fellow Germans. And that was what it was about. And it's a combination of Zionist forces and communist forces, right? So you have two political wings of Judaism, and that's Zionism and communism. Both were wreaking havoc in Germany. And he gives a great speech how he talks about Germans don't participate in german culture anymore they're not going to the theater they're not going to see german films uh because they had all been infiltrated in- intentionally uh by these jewish forces that were pushing communism and zionism and fucking you know stick your dick anywhere kind of shit and that was in complete contradiction to the <laughs> moral substance of germany right so yes so when you see those videos of of, of hitler coming to town and everybody loves him and they're hugging him and like the little kids are coming up to him that was bullshit. He didn't brainwash anybody. That was legit because people were sick and tired of German culture being undermined. And so, but of course, um, you know, they don't, no one ever talks about the fact that uh, Hitler didn't want war and every action he took was to prevent the extinction of Germany, right? So, what was the first thing he did? He took back the Rhineland, which was taken from Germany at the end of World War I and the Treaty of Versailles. 
But in, in the history books, they'll say he invaded, right? But he didn't invade. He went and took back what was rightfully ours. It was like if we had a war and Canada took New England and then we got a president who was like, fuck you, I'm taking New England back. That's exactly what he did in the Rhineland. Um, and then when you look at uh, his actions in Yugoslavia, what you have are – uh, and in Poland, particularly, see, the Polish government was plotting with uh, the Soviets to invade Germany through to let them in through Poland, invade Germany. So what the fuck would any leader do? Any good leader would preemptively invade Poland to prevent that from happening. And that's exactly what happened. But then they ended up from all, all, which meant that Hitler ended up in a dozen different countries, not because he was trying to take over the war, but strategically, it was what he had to do to prevent Germany from being annihilated. Right. And the thing is, like, it all goes back to biblical prophecy. You know, it's like the fall of the Ottoman Empire was required in order for the nation of Israel to rise. And then you could trace it back to World War One um, with the Balfour Agreement, right? Lord Balfour in the UK signed an agreement that if um, they could bring with, with Jewish organizations, that if they could bring the Americans into the war at the end of the war, uh, when they divide up the lands, they will make sure that the uh, the Jews get Israel. But that didn't happen at the end of World War One, right? So they had to have World War Two to try again, and they were successful, um, sort of. Because and this is where it starts to connect to Kennedy. Because at the end of fucking World War Two, you have a guy named Reinhard Galen, who was Adolf Hitler's spy master, and the guy I talked about earlier briefly uh, cuts the deal with Alan Dulles, and they basically exfiltrated 230,000 Nazis out of Europe and North Africa into South America. And so it's not just a hand. People are like, oh, how did the Nazis get to Argentina? Well, give me a fucking break. We sent them there. Okay. You know why they didn't catch, you know why they never caught Mengele? Like they were on the hunt for Mengele for goddamn ever. Because every time they got close, Alan Dulles of the CIA would tip them off and he would fucking move somewhere else. I mean, <laughs> we created the Nazis almost directly. We maintained back channels with the Nazis all the way to the end of the fucking war. We have documented meetings between Alan Dulles of the CIA, well, pre-OSS, pre actually, State Department stuff, going back to, like, 1936, right? So, Isn't, like, all of NASA Nazis? I mean, just to be fair, all of well, NASA... Well, that was part of Operation Paperclip, and Paperclip is used yeah. as the cover for the previous operation, which took all the Nazis and put them in South America, which no one ever talks about. They're just like, and then oh, they're like, yeah, they got there. just come over to Florida and just hang out. <laughs> you can hang out with NASA. It's cool. Right. But NASA as a whole acted as, as largely an intelligent intelligence front for the CIA for many years. When you study Kennedy. I is think a that's half all a it is right now, too. I know you're not big on Flat Earth or other stuff like that. But NASA. No, but, I mean, they faked the fucking moon landings. That's a goddamn fact. We can all agree absolutely. NASA, yes. NASA is fake and gay. It's for so sure. fake. It's fake and no, gay. The moon, landing, the moon landing was not real. There's and no they, way. They no. partnered with Disney before the supposed moon landing. Like mm -hmm. everything that goes into what people were saying was a sham and a stage production makes perfect sense if you consider the fact that at that moment, Disney was by far the largest, most successful video company in Hollywood. Like, if you take what the Nazis sense. had, if the Nazis had all of this knowledge and then they came over, we're, we're like, hey, dude, like, we'll partner with you. We'll pretend like we beat you, whatever. Who cares? It doesn't matter at that point. They're above it. Mm -hmm. They're going to fake this moon landing to make it look like we're superior. You guys. Well, they're going to crack me up. That really ice it for me. I've seen a dozen things that really ice it for me. But like most recently, <laughs> yeah, after they scrubbed the Artemis mission for like the second or third time, because. First off, the Artemis mission. Four or five now. 
Probably. They're trying to send a fucking, uh, uh, literally, they're sending a dummy to the moon um, with a radiation detector vest to detect radiation levels on people. For the Van so, Allen belt? Yeah. I mean, like, it's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, we did it 60 years ago. Why the fuck do you need to go send test dummies? Just send some people up there. See what happens. Uh, we have we have different technology. They're now, like bro. they're they're just hoping that everyone <laughs> from that generation is dead or too stupid to convey the message. Right, um, right. And so after the they scrub the last one, the sad thing is that most of them are too stupid. Yeah, but we're not. That's why we're demonized and pulled off YouTube. Anyway, uh, after they, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I, I do think that a lot of them are too stupid, but I also think a good portion of it is the same thing that we've seen in history for all of time. People want something to believe in so they can put their blinders on to everything else, whether it be Christianity, Catholicism, uh, Judaism, Zionism, whatever the you know group is with the bigger stick that has some kind of higher purpose than what they feel in their life. It's not that they're too stupid to see it. It's that they choose to believe it anyway. But I do think that there are people that are too stupid. I'm not saying that. That's why I said it was a mix. But I think no, a lot of yeah. I think a lot of very well-informed people choose to make a choice to believe in something they know isn't true because they would rather do that than open up. Their, we've talked about this before. Once your third eye is open. It's comfortable. It's comfortable. Exactly. It's no, like to Corey's feel that work. way. And we're taught to feel so small. So when like someone working to the occult, he doesn't want to learn that, but it doesn't mean that he's going to stop if it's the truth. That That's the whole thing. The truth is not comfortable. That's hard. People don't he's want doing it. is great. Absolutely. Uh, and so we thank you very, for your PTSD. Very uncomfortable. So to finish on the, on the moon landing, after I watched, and this is just like a week ago, right? So I'm watching this interview with a NASA guy talking about the mission being scrubbed. And he was asked point blank, well, when are we going to send a manned mission to the moon? And he said, we're not even planning that for at least another 20 to 25 years. Holy shit. <laughs> oh my God. That means that it'll have been 75 years between the moon landings and when the next time we send a person to the fucking moon. It was bullshit. It's total bullshit. We never went to the fucking moon. The whole story is so stupid. Agreed. Like, it's unfucking believable. It really well, is unfucking believable. There's that whole interview with, I don't remember his name, but it was earlier in the 60s, like two years earlier. And he made mention of something that we've seen in a documentary. Joe and I have done this because Joe did it with cameras, is the idea that what we think of as stars are not this big ball of burning gas so much as um, electricity that are waves kind of arcing off. It's like a light in water. Right. And the guy who made this mention was like, we will never set foot on the moon because it isn't solid matter. It's just gas. And then like two years later, what do you know? All of a sudden, America propaganda. Oh, we beat Sputnik. How devastating would that have been had they have won that? And that's that. That's why I always come back to is I'm like, how do you guys not see that the the race for the moon was only beaten by us so that we could beat Russia? Because as long as we had that mm-hmm. foothold of higher technology, people invested in our economy. They invested in our technology. We already know that 1947, we got and were in war with Russia to get more scientists out of the Nazis than they were. And we right. won. It's all a dick yes. measuring contest. That's all it is. Yeah. They're like, you can get to the moon first. Boner. Yeah, we have an American boner. boner. And we can get there. <laughs> Sorry. 
I had to do that. No, it's all right. Well, Corey, before we get out of here, what I wanted to go, I always do this with the guests before we leave. Your own perspective, like knowing what you know and going down the rabbit holes you've gone down, what do you think is like with the JFK all the way to now, like 9 11, all this shit? Where, where is this going? Where do you think? What's 2023 going to have for us? Yeah, we just fuck. This is all meant to strip us of our fucking rights. Um, and eventually, uh, you know, the vaccine is killing everybody, right? So, um, mm -hmm. This, this is all part of the plan about them wanting a world of their own, using their destructive powers to overthrow the world, just as the quotes that I fucking read to you. This, their, this, is, their, this is their plan that has been an open secret for a hundred fucking years, and uh, that's what it comes down to. They genuinely want to kill off all the goyim or leave some of us as slaves. It sounds crazy, and I didn't even believe this for years until it all started to make perfect sense, um, but that's the deal. They want to get rid of all of us so that they can have a world of their, you know, 500 million people or whatever the Georgia Guidestone said, which I still think the explosion there is kind of weird. Do you think that's um, actually going to happen, though? Do, like, do you think their vision is going to come true or is something going to like transpire in the next couple of years that's going to throw that off? No, we need another Hitler and uh, we're not going to get one. <laughs> I'm going to clip that. That's a sound clip. <laughs> Love it. We had a Trump. He tried. Yeah, we did. have. Yeah, a Trump. I mean, here's the deal. If uh, Hitler and the mighty German army Spain couldn't Spain? fucking win, we're totally fucked. Oh, yeah. The Germans are still alive and well, I'm pretty sure. Probably what a, in broken, the what a broken people they are today. I mean, they have been fucking... Dude. Emasculated. Emascul like, yes. Horribly. Yeah, mean, emasculated. Jesus Christ. They're not... I don't even consider them Germans anymore. Like, Germans were a strong, proud people once. Not anymore. No, no, they're like, hey, say Nazi, Jesus, I'll go to jail. <laughs> there's, Don't there's that. a reason why literal jail. It's be America. That's why in China, that's the weird book I was reading with the Kazakh lady who escaped the, um, like, it was the Uyghur camp shit. She was Kazakh, but she escaped that. And she said that China doesn't even have a plan for destroying America. They have their three enemies. America's like number one, but they don't have, they don't even have a plan for destroying America. Because it's already in motion, in mm -hmm. my opinion. There's yep. no plan there, though. They have a plan for destroying. So it's Europe. They want to destroy, like, France, Spain, um, all of Scandinavia. They have all, a whole plan for that, but no plan for America, even though America's an enemy number one. Yep. Uh, because, uh, because the modern-day Israelis, the Israeli state, has been destroying us since 1948. And when they killed Kennedy, they took control of our country. So... They don't. We don't need the Chinese to fucking be doing this to us. No, yeah, we they got, can take us over on their own subtly through TikTok. Well, we got okay, all the Hasidics. Really quick, that right there, and I'll I'll leave my comments with this: is that that right there is a perfect a perfect example. People always think that we are so fucking indestructible as a country. They think that we're the Titanic that it can't sink. At any given point. There are so many different ways that we could just absolutely, in a blink of an eye, be destroyed. And it wouldn't be, well, although this is also possible, but it wouldn't be with missiles. Like, people mm -hmm. have said for years, with information. The, way you, the way you destroy America is from the inside. And you have to get into the school systems. You have to get to the children. It will not be this generation. It will take mm -hmm. generations to do, but it can't yep. be done. With the you have global to get to the population. small leaders, the people who will be leading the country later. Sorry, go. you got to think too. 
in World War II, the global population was almost half of what it is now. So now we have twice that, almost twice that amount of people, but they were born in today's day. They're not looking at things the same way. And the damage was already done when the decisions were made with that last generation. So now they're just walking with history being written by the victor. And this is what happened. This is what happened. And if you say anything against it, you weren't there. We have this. It's been verified. And it's like, yeah, but it was verified by the very people who wrote it and lied. So what exactly is the truth? But people, again, they want to be comfortable. They don't want to fucking listen to that shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I I mean, great way to end, dude. Thanks, Corey. Uh, I know I put it on screen the whole fucking show, but for the audio listeners, tell us where we can find you. CoreyHughes.org. Um, CoreyHughes.org. And uh, like I said, if you make uh, a donation of $5 or more to buymeacoffee.com slash forbidden, uh, you'll get access to my chat. And uh, just people, everyone who's participated in my chat has gotten to read some of my chapters that are already finished in my book. Yeah. I've got over 300 pages written. It'll probably be double that when it's finished. And so, yeah. Uh, and plus, we're all broke, right? We're all fucking broke. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Who isn't right now? Goddamn. I was about to say, thanks, thanks, gas. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> I was going to say thanks, Biden. Biden. I was like, Biden, thanks for this gas prices, Biden. No, 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 no. Yeah, it wasn't Biden. It was somebody else. Would you like some coitus? Oh, it was Fauci. Right. Yeah. Okay. Enough with the sound drops. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, everyone. Thanks, everybody. It's going to save the realm. It's going to save the realm. Oh, right. Medea. Yes. Computer radio. <laughs> Check him out. It's gonna be fucking dope. They're editing. I think as we speak, he was texting me earlier, and he's like, "Dude, we're cracking our asses <laughs> off." Is that a? That's not cracking no our asses. It's fine. Cracking, yeah, fucker. cracking up our asses off. Anyway, okay. He really knows how to suck a wiener. Okay. <laughs> well, thanks, Corey. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> thanks, everybody. <laughs> Thank fan. you so much. We everybody appreciate you tuning in. Love yous all. Hang on. Let's give a cheers. To yeah. yeah. It's kind of like yeah. when you're really happy that somebody you think is really hot has sex with you. It's like, thank you so much. For, thank you so much for listening to us. <laughs> I know we don't deserve it. It's I like know, the just like, I just had sex video from Lonely Island. Everybody listening is like a pity fuck. It's like, oh, we appreciate it. The guy's grateful and the girl's like, fuck you. One yeah. last thing. Um, every Sunday, I do a show with Charlie Robinson and Lindsay Ooh. Sharman called uh, Day Zero. Oh, and, oh, we've been uh, on there. Yeah. We've been on there. It is a fucking great <laughs> show, and you guys should all check it out. Yeah, it is a great show. We were on there last Fair week. Enough. Check them out. I was trying to check you guys out live today. Giggity. Uh, but I like to listen on my own time tomorrow <laughs> on Mondays because it's the I worst. Work. But everyone should watch yeah. the video. Like, we were telling people to do today watch the video because there's slides and stuff sometimes lots of visuals oh hang on johnny one last thing johnny says and some gas for the climate there you go Ugh. buddy all that right that was my quick all right guys have a great night thanks for joining we'll see bye you guys special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.